crown of glory. Isn't that amazing? All right, he was willing to take it on the cross for you. He did all that because you're so special. And that's why there's a uh, seat at the table for you this morning. You know, to be honest, I'd never really thought in the past about the fact that Jesus' accuser, or accusers, had placed, I only thought it was there, placed on his head to mock him. All right, but Jesus had a, a, God had a higher calling for it than that. You know how God always turns evil around for good. All right, so even in that case when Jesus had a crown of thorns placed firmly on his brow, on his head, God had something else in mind for that crown of thorns. My devotional went on to recall the words of the, that um, hymn that you just heard penned by Isaac Watts and Kathy sang it very beautifully this morning. When I survey the wondrous cross. And there's a line in there that says, see from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flowed mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet or thorns compose so rich a crown? You often think of it's just blood. It wasn't just blood, it wasn't just sweat falling down from our Lord's brow. It was sorrow. Sorrow that he had to do it. Sorrow that he had to come to that. But love. Love because he had love for you. So much love that he was willing to go to the cross. Have you ever walked through the, um, a paddock or something and picked up a prickle in your foot? What's that like? Can you think about it? All right, so you're walking through and you just pick up this big thorn in your foot. So immediately you say, oh, it's just a thorn, you keep going. Not true, right? It almost cripples you. All right, so you can't think of anything else. I got this thorn in my foot, I've got to get it out now. And your immediate reaction is to get on the ground and try to pull that thing out. All right, if you can't pull it out, it's just wears you down. There's no other part of your body that's affected, really, physically. You've got a thorn in your foot. You can keep running, you can keep thinking, you can keep... Everything else can keep in order, you'd think, but no, it arrests your whole body. And until you pull it out, if you leave it there, it will infect you. It will move through your system. It'll cause you to be quite sick. Uh, that's just one little thorn. All right? So when someone says that you've been a thorn in my side for the last three years, would you think that's a compliment? <laughs> okay. Okay, they've been suffering a lot of pain because you. And when I looked up the dictionary about it, it said it describes it this way, a personal thing that repeatedly annoys someone or something or causes problems. All right, so don't think it's a compliment, all right? Because if someone said that, probably you've got to look and address things perhaps or make it right with them. Okay. Now, when you look at the Bible, what does the Bible think about thorns? All right, in the Bible it says when there's a thorn, it's a representation of sin. Okay, that's how it looks at thorns, a representation of sin. So we know that right back at the beginning in the garden when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, in Genesis 3, 17 and 18, it said, God said, curses the ground because of you. Both thorns and thistles will grow up for you. All right, the ground was cursed with thorns and thistles. We know that if you've got a, if you had a farm, uh, and you had thorns and thistles, it would tend to strangle 
the good plants and the good growth in the garden, those thorns and thistles. In Numbers 33:55, God told Israel that unless you purge the land of this of their enemies, they would be like thorns in your side. That's what God told them to do, Israel. In Proverbs 22:5, Solomon, Solomon uh, wisely stated, "Corrupt people walk a thorny and treacherous road." Okay, you normally know who they are. Maybe some car salesman that you've dealt with in the past. All right. You normally feel the pain somewhere. Maybe something's happened to you. But you tend to know them by their fruit, don't you? A corrupt person. We know even Jesus had something to say about it. In Matthew seven sixteen. Jesus also taught us that you can detect them by the way they act. Just as you can identify a tree by its fruit. You need never be confused, he said, with grapevines and thorn bushes. Quite a big difference. The thorn bush only produces more thorns, more pain, more sorrow. You know, I doubt that the Roman soldiers who braided the crown of thorns to mock our Lord as he thrust it down on Jesus' brow would have realised the deep significance of the thorny crown. Just as an earthly crown is a symbol of a monarch's power and their dignity, when you see Queen Elizabeth sitting on her throne with that crown up there, doesn't she look dignified? Doesn't she look like she's in charge? Doesn't it look significant? Doesn't it say something about her? When you, if you saw her as a 95-year-old lady and she was just walking down the street, you'd say, there's a lovely old 95-year-old lady. But sitting on her throne... With that crown and that robe on her, she looks very dignified. And it, only, it not only carries that, but when you look at that, I think it's that, yeah, that up there, that symbol up there, you see what's in the middle of it. So that stands for the crown. Okay, it's, it's been endorsed somehow by the crown and it stands for that crown. So that's also stands for the queen, stands for the monarchy, stands for who's in charge in this place. By extension, the symbol of a monarch's government or items that it's endorsed by the government. So too, that crown of thorns that Jesus wore represented our sin and the consequences of our sin. Just think now about, you know yourself more than anyone else does apart from God who knows you. But when that crown of thorns was pushed down on Jesus' head, when that pain and anguish, when that sorrow was flowing down, when that love was flowing down from his head and from his hands and from the whipping marks in his back, from where the nails had been driven in and onto his feet, he was taking all our sin. And not just this room, every room that knows him by name, right throughout the world and for time gone past and till he comes again. So he took all our envy, all our jealousy, all those times when you've been unkind, he's taken all that, all the shame and the bitterness, all the times that you've maybe gossiped about someone, said the wrong things, said something out of place, all the guilt, 
all your discouragement, all the things you've been discouraged about, and it's caused you to flow into a root of bitterness about something. He's taken all that on the cross as well. All your pride, any unforgiveness that you're carrying in your heart, he took all that as it was thrust down on his brow. The one who knew no sin, and that's the ironic thing about it, fancy not having any sin but having to wear all that. But that's how special his love was for you this morning. Jesus became the atoning sacrifice for all of our sins. We are, in, we are endorsed, just like that crown up there endorses the queen. We are endorsed by the crown of thorns that Jesus wore on his brow. He loves you so much, but he went to, to the cross for that. And you belong to him this morning. If you love him, you belong to him. So you're endorsed by the one who wore the thorny crown this morning. So let's all stand now. Let's come, come to our feet. If you can, if you can't, that's fine. I'm the only one without the emblems. Right over here. Okay, let's stand. And we know that in that upper room that night, Jesus broke the bread and he passed it around to his disciples. He said, take heed, do this until I come again. Right, so he gave us a command. So that's how special this time is. He wants you to remember him this way, what he did for us on the cross. Because we're not leaving him up there, we're taking him down from the cross and that's where he lives now. He's in heaven preparing a place. He's in your heart. He's given us the Holy Spirit. So when we take this symbol of his body, as you read it, just remember what his broken body was for you. So we thank him. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for what you did. Thank you that you wore that thorny crown. Thank you that you let your blood flow down for us. And we know that it was sorrow mixed with love that flowed down from his brow. So we just love you for it. And Lord, we just ask you to forgive us, Lord, for the things that are in our heart that don't glorify you, Lord. We just ask that you draw us closer to you. We know that you're our healing, you're our all provider. You're the lover of our souls, Lord, and we just thank you for that. We take part of this bread because we love you. In your precious name, let's eat together. Just tell him you love him this morning. Thank you, Lord. We know that after they had eaten of his body, he had another, another symbol for us to remember him by. Symbolises his blood. And we've got that little cup of juice there. We've just got to think about Jesus and what he did. His blood that flowed down from his brow. Not only from his brow, from his whole body. He was beaten beyond recognition. Blood flowed down, all mingled with sorrow and love. Flowing down for you. So let's drink of the cup now. Thank you, Jesus. Just tell him you love him now as you're contemplating the cross. Thank you. You can say it out loud as well. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you did this for us. We love you for it in Jesus' name.